the content found on thebestdayever.com from David Wolf and New Horizon Health, Inc. is for informational purposes only and is in no way intended as medical advice, as a substitute for medical counseling, or as treatment cure for any disease or health condition, and nor should it be construed as such because that would be illegal. Always work with a qualified health professional before making any changes to your diet, supplement use, prescription drug use, lifestyle, or exercise activities. Please understand that you assume all risks from the use, non-use, or misuse of this information. Okay, welcome everyone. This is your host, Lucian Gothier, and I am here with David Avocado-Wolf, and we're here today to talk about the Egyptian superfood aloe. Thanks so much for joining us, Avo. It's great to have you. Thank you. Great to be here. You've talked about how aloe is one of the great superfoods that came out of, you know, that part of the world that's sort of gifted to us. Can you talk a little bit about this superfood in general, in particular about the fresh aloe leaf we're talking about, and then we'll get into some of its uses. Okay, well, aloe in the form that we know it originally comes from Africa, and it was brought to us by the Egyptians. Eventually, it kind of leaked out of Egypt into the Middle East and became heavily used in the Mediterranean in particular, was heavily used by the Essenes in the Dead Sea region of, of what's currently Israel. And in Qumran, there was a sect of Essenes that lived there that grew aloe vera using Dead Sea salt. And they were very much into alchemy and longevity. And Josephus reported, Josephus was a Roman writer, he reported that the Essenes had an extraordinary lifespan of like 125 years back in a period of time when the average lifespan was 35 years. So this is a really incredible part of what I can I perceive as the Essene strategy for longevity is to consume aloe. And aloe contains very powerful antioxidant gelling compounds or demulcent compounds which reduce inflammation, cool the body off, and soothe the epithelial cells inside our body and on the outside of our body. So the skin cells on the outside of our body and the cells on the inside of our digestive tract all the way through are soothed by the gels on the inside of aloe, on the inside of the skin of the aloe vera. Dave, this seems to be one of the plants that we can use in so many different ways. It's something that I know you put in your smoothies. I am so fortunate that I'm living in Phoenix at the moment and my front yard is literally covered with aloe vera plants. There's like 30 of them out there, and each one has about 10 to 12 leaves. It's just, I'm living in aloe vera heaven. And so I've been using them in my smoothies. I've been putting them all over my skin. This is something that has multi-uses. What, what do you find to be, you know, the best ways to use it and to consume it and, and to apply it? Well, the first, very first thing you need to do with fresh aloe vera is you need to fillet it. So let's say you were to get some fresh aloe vera leaves at, in your home. One of the things you want to do is you want to open them up and you want to leave them in a bowl outside in your kitchen. So you don't put them in the refrigerator. You don't put them in the freezer. Um, they, they're just going to do just fine just sitting in a bowl in your kitchen. And then you would fillet off the skin from the pointed end backwards towards the base. So you start at the pointed end and you start working your way backwards towards the wider base of the aloe vera because the aloe vera is shaped like an extended triangle. And as you do that, that's that's going to continue to keep your aloe fresher longer if you do it that way. And then you're going to get to bigger and bigger sections of gel. Well, what you're going to do is you're going to cut this, the ends off of the triangle and you're going to get sections out and you're going to fillet that skin off. 
the outer skin you're going to remove. Now, you don't have to throw it away. You can literally take it and rub it on your skin because there's still going to be a little tiny bit of gel underneath that skin, and it really is nice to kind of pass that out. I always pass it out when I'm at home. You know, when I'm cutting aloe vera, I give it out to everybody who's at the house, and everybody just kind of rubs that on their forehead or they, they use it on a cut or whatever. And then that, midder, that middle interior gel can be used, for example, to go into smoothies or elixirs. I like to blend it into orange juice. love to blend it into chocolate drinks. I love to blend it into different elixirs that I'm making. It makes a wonderful addition to soups. You can blend it right into soups. No one even notices that it's there. And it starts to give your body access to the extraordinary demulcent, anti-inflammatory cooling compounds that feed into your immune system that aloe gel contains. And Dave, let's talk about the contents of aloe vera. I know it's filled with what we talk about as polysaccharides. And how do the polysaccharides in aloe compare to, say, the polysaccharides in a noni fruit or maybe like a sweet fruit? I know that aloe is very bitter, for example. Sometimes it's extremely bitter. But how does the polysaccharides in a bitter superfood like aloe compare to the polysaccharides in, say, a sweeter type of tropical fruit? Okay, great. Well, there are polysaccharides in all kinds of plants. Like cellulose itself is a polysaccharide. It's basically a long-chain hydrocarbon, or in, in effect, it's a long-chain sugar. And pectin, for example, which is in a lot of sweet fruits, from blueberries to apples, is actually a polysaccharide. But when you get to aloe vera, you're dealing with a very different type of polysaccharide. Um, more bitter polysaccharides, a little bit more complex. And what we're noticing about aloe vera is that it's these complex polysaccharides, which are not only in aloe vera, but they're also in noni, and they show up in medicinal mushrooms, that feed our immune system. And in fact, this has all been completely figured out, that the immune system, especially the all the different types of white blood cells, require certain types of nutrients. Those nutrients are polysaccharides, they're bitter sugars, and then they eat these bitter sugars and then then digest them into little chunks and use these little chunks as immunological weapons in their battles against viruses and bacteria and fungi. Aloe vera has a great affinity for our skin cells. Can you talk about using aloe vera topically? Is it more ideal to use it topically if you're if you're going after a skin beautification effect or a sunburn healing effect? Is it worthwhile to ingest it and use it topically or just topically or just ingest it? It's always great to approach any kind of skin issue or beautification of the skin or longevity strategy for the skin, both internally and externally. And I'm going to give you a really hot tip. It's like a secret that is one of the great secrets about aloe vera ever. And that is, instead of just taking the aloe vera and just kind of rubbing it on the sunburn or on the skin or on the damaged skin or on the skin condition, the eczema and psoriasis or whatever it is, my recommendation is to actually keep the aloe on the skin. So, for example, you've seen people put cucumber slices over their eyes when they're in the middle of a treatment, like a spa treatment or something. What I'm saying is something like that, where you want to leave the aloe vera literally on your skin for an hour or two hours or perhaps even longer. 
And if the aloe starts to dry up, what you do is you just kind of just dice it up a little bit. Sometimes I use my fingernail just to get a little bit more gel to bleed out and then put it right back on again. So that can happen after 45 minutes. It dries up a little bit. You just then pierce it with your nail or with a little bit of a knife, get the gel to start bleeding out again, and then put it right back on the, the spot that's been sunburned or damaged or the area that you're working on to beautify or whatever. Um, I've noticed, for example, when somebody has um, a long-term chronic skin condition like a, um, an athlete's foot, that if you constantly keep aloe vera gel, and it has to be fresh aloe vera gel, on that foot, that eventually it will hydrate those tissues. It actually has a very powerful rejuvenative effect on all skin tissue, um, whether that skin is inside our body, like in the inside our digestive tract, or an outside of our body, but that effect becomes much more pronounced if the aloe is consistently kept in contact with that skin tissue over weeks of time and with an, with an athlete's foot kind of condition, that the aloe eventually can hydrate into the layers of dehydrated skin that shield the fungus that's underneath. And eventually, if you, for example, make a slurry of aloe vera gel, again, it has to be fresh, and you soak your feet in that slurry several hours each day, that over a period of six weeks you can eventually drive off the fungi and hydrate the tissue and regenerate the tissue. Um, I've had experiences of having my hands in aloe vera gel almost an entire day when I was making smoothies, um, doing that for you know, groups of people, even hundreds of people, and my, my hands at the end of a, just a single day of being in aloe vera all day were like a baby's hands. So it really has profound impact when you can keep your your skin tissue in contact with the aloe over a long period of time, and that's the great secret. Dave, I know aloe vera is also used for digestive system issues, things like colitis or Crohn's. Because of the demulcent quality of aloe vera, what are some great things to know about in terms of if someone has a digestive or intestinal issue with relationship to aloe vera? Well, aloe vera has antibiotic qualities, meaning that it can kill viruses, it can kill microbes, it can kill fungi on contact. I mean, that's its nature. Um, it's an incredible survivor. It's an incredible adaptogenic substance. In fact, aloe vera is doing something really interesting, and that is you can take an aloe vera plant, pull it out of the ground, throw it on the side of the road for a year. It's not even in soil or anything in a desert. So it's just sitting out there in a desert. It's not, it's not even touching anything. It's not even in the ground. Then a year later, come back, replant it in the ground, and aloe can survive that. So it's doing something that is really interesting. It it's actually must be surviving on energies that we don't understand, right? It must be transmutating energies. It, it, it has this incredible survival capability, and that's what it imparts to you. And, and it's able to survive and keep itself intact in spite of enormous amounts of, of sunlight, it's, it's very harsh conditions, very, very high level of dryness. And so when you're dealing with a digestive distress, for example, a colitis or a Crohn's condition, you're dealing with inflammation. You could be dealing with tissue that's very, very dry. You could be dealing with very scarred tissue. And the aloe is just soothing it. Um, aloe is able to deal with that sunlight, so it's able to draw the heat out. It's able to deal with the heat. It's a tremendous antioxidant. And so as it goes through and it's dealing with the, 
the underlying cause of Crohn's and colitis, which is excessive heat or inflammation or or that pitta aggravation that's talked about in Ayurvedic medicine where somebody has a tendency towards anger, um, the aloe is drawing that out. It's cooling that off. And all of these are at work while it's also killing infections. When you ingest whole aloe gel, blend it into what you're, whatever you're eating. And I really like making demulcent kind of puddings with aloe gel. For example, sprouting chia seed or just soaking chia seed in water, getting it to gel up, taking some aloe vera gel, blending it in, mixing a little bit of honey in there, putting maybe a few berries in there, which is what I like. I like using blueberries. Uh, I like using a little bit of marshmallow root powder or slippery elm powder and just kind of mixing that up or medicinal mushroom powders, mixing that up and then just eating that. That's a tremendous rejuvenator of the digestive tract. Just to wrap up this interview, I know a lot of people, when they go to the health food store, they'll pick up some aloe vera juice or they'll get some aloe vera gel. And I know a lot of those gels and juices are kind of cut with fillers and other things. Would you always recommend getting a fresh aloe leaf or freshly dehydrated aloe ground to powder as opposed to some of these juices and gels that you can find in a health food store that have a lot of excipients in them? There's nothing like fresh aloe in my mind. It, there's nothing that compares to it. Once you've taken the aloe and you've put it into a bottle, there have been enzymatic um, damage to it. There's going to be a change in the enzyme quality of it. There's going to be a change in the healing qualities of it. Many of these aloes that are in bottles have preservatives in them. Not all, but most do. And even aloe as a powder is not the same. The fresh aloe has something that's completely amazing. And all these years... I've been really an advocate of the fresh aloe. I've been putting it out there. In fact, I'm so into it that I often ship it around wherever I'm doing tours. So if I'm going to be traveling the East Coast, I'll have a box of fresh aloe, like 10 leaves shipped ahead, so I'll have enough aloe to to play with on that tour. It's always been one of the key additions to my drinks and smoothies over these years. All right, wonderful. Thanks so much for sharing your insights and expertise on aloe, Dave. Thanks so much. 